Hi, my name is Todd Buller, and I've lived a blessed life. And I'm so excited to share my friends with you. And that's why we created Bulldog and Friends. Thursday. Oh, Thursday. Thursday, Thursday, Thursday. And you know what that means? That means another bath episode, Bulldog and Friends. And this week, oh my gosh, we went, the Suns were playing so well in the uh, championship that I had to go back to one of my oldest friends, the great Kelly Garner Lawrenson. And let me tell you a little bit about it. I think we've been friends for about 45 years, right? Elementary school. Kelly, for sure. Kelly was the, at least at least if she wasn't in the top two smartest people in our group, we had Young Life together with Kathy. Kelly Garno at that time was in our wedding. The doctor, wife, mother. We grew up spending many a warm day in Almaden Valley at her pool. We yes. played a water baseball game called Tata. Now, I, I could have just said, hey, we, we, we're at Kelly's pool and we played Tata. But that, in the 21st century, probably has meanings that our <laughs> doesn't need. But it was a water game that we called Tata. It was a baseball game in yeah. the pool. Yes. The great Kelly Garner Lawrence. Kelly, how you doing today? I am well, especially after that introduction, my word. Oh, I think that was me everywhere. I had another page. I had another page <laughs> of stuff that I could have talked about you. Unbelievable. Wow. wow. So, we've been doing this. I think this is episode 28. And we're going to ask you, I'm going to ask you some questions. The Bath staff got together and we said, <laughs> let's have Kelly Garno Lawrence in with these questions. So here we go. Favorite actor or actress? Yeah, that's the hardest one for me. I don't know why, but I do enjoy kind of maybe dovetailing off of Diana, who I listened to recently, dovetailing off her, but the Chris Evans, like a Chris Evans. I love him as Captain America. And then he's done some other like more dramatic roles and he just seems like a nice guy. So I like him. So, and I think he's a decent actor. And besides being really cute. And I was going to say, he's pretty good looking too. That. I mean, Captain America. Well, Paul has a Captain <laughs> America shirt and I think he really looks yeah. the best. In it, yeah. but, <laughs> but, and then the other thing is, I don't know if you've watched The Chosen. Are you watching The Chosen at all? No, I'm not. What? I know that's unlike me, but tell me oh, about The Chosen. <laughs> what, what's the chosen you haven't heard of it even <laughs> I, I have not so it's a multi-season like tv show about the life of jesus really the ministry oh, I, of watch it. I need content beautiful so well done like it's not all the cheesy christian movies it's so well done oh my gosh i can't believe you haven't even and heard chris it. evans was jesus no. <laughs> no. Captain America and Jesus? No, that's a lot right there. <laughs> no, no I was going to say, the guy who plays Jesus, I think his name is Jonathan Rumi, I think is how you say it. I think he's so good, because that has to be one of the hardest characters to portray, yeah. doesn't it? I mean, yeah. come on. Lord of the universe, so, that's a tough right. one. <laughs> that's a big one. <laughs> big shoes to fill. But I think he's so amazing at, I mean, we don't want to like idolize him, but Right. But I just think as an actor, he's so amazing at bringing out Jesus's humanity, like his his fervency, but then also just his gentleness and his kindness and his humor. Like 
It's so good. Anyway, you got to watch The Chosen, oh, dude. No, Kathy Buller is away this weekend, and I ain't gonna. After we're done here, I'm I'm putting The Chosen on. Is it a Netflix? No, it's uh, YouTube. Oh, YouTube, or, yeah. Or you go to thechosen.tv. Okay, that might be easier. And season two concludes this Sunday live. Oh. But uh, yeah, eight episodes in the first season, eight episodes in the second season. So well are they done. near Easter the crucifixion or no? No, not at all. They're planning to do like six or eight seasons. Oh, great. Can't like his wait. ministry, he hasn't even given the Sermon on the Mount yet. Oh, I love it. So. I love it. Are you kidding? Those so, are great ones. Dive in, dude. Yeah, I'm going to dive into that. I always need some more content. And that's, uh, that's, yeah, I've been, I, I have to admit, uh, today I watched uh, the latest episode of High School Musical, the series. And uh, sorry to say, <laughs> yeah, Bath People in the Bath World. That's, and I actually even downloaded one of the songs from there. I have to be totally honest with my friend Kelly Gardo. Uh, <laughs> I, have to, I have to bear it all. So those are great ones, Kelly. Yeah, Chris Evans is obviously not. And uh, now I have a new show. So that's, see, Bath, yeah. good for so many things. See what you think. See what okay. you think of uh, Jonathan Rumi. Tell me uh, a favorite sports team you played on, group you played with. Expand upon that. Yeah, so I was thinking about that and realizing I don't know if I ever played a sports team. But I didn't ever feel like, I don't know. I just, yes, because I was a cheerleader. Yeah. So I think I would pick that. Um, actually, at Leland, we were called Song Girls. I don't know if that, Pom Pom. Yeah. Pom, yeah, my senior girl. year. Yes, yeah. I remember. Yeah, song girls. So that was my senior year. Junior year, I was a letter girl. Yeah. And ninth grade, which was really Bret Hart, but kind of high school, I was letter girl as well. So I think I felt like I part of those and loved, loved, loved that because the dance thing and the cheering yeah. and the being loud and being in front of people, which apparently my personality type likes. Yeah. And, and then... Yeah, you're sweet. The other thing I really loved, I thought of, was being a student athletic trainer at Santa Clara. Oh. So that was kind of a team, almost a sport kind of thing. I loved that. I loved the people, the head trainer, Mike Cembalini, and the assistant trainer, Mark Eastland, and then just all the other student trainers. And being on the sidelines for football was a flipping blast. I just loved it. And traveling with them and yeah, that was awesome. And did that, you had already had sparks of being a doctor before that, right? That was just kind of part of it. Yeah. So I think I, I wanted to be a doctor ever since I was about eight years. And so this was just a fun way to combine my love of sports and watching sports, I guess, not doing sports, but watching sports and medical stuff. And it was so fun. Oh, that's great. Did you ever think about being an orthopod or something like that? I did. I thought about being an orthopod, but yeah, I, for whatever reason, that wasn't super high on the list, but then I thought of doing non-surgical sports medicine mm -hmm. called physiatry. And actually Santa Clara, the two of the 49ers doctors were our official doctors. Oh, And so I got to know them and uh, Jeff Saul and uh, come on the other guy who's the surgeon. Anyway, I'll think of him. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> thank you. Yeah. Dillingham, the surgeon. And I actually, during medical school, did a rotation with Saul because he was the non-surgical part. Right. And I thought, like, who better to hang out with than, like, the 49ers doctors? Yeah. So I did a month-long rotation with him during my fourth year of medical school. So, yeah, I definitely considered that. And even after I did pediatrics, I still considered doing a sports medicine fellowship. 
Did you ever get to work on Brent Jones, the great Brent Jones out there? <laughs> the great Brent Jones. I definitely probably could have taped his ankle. I don't remember if I did, but I may have. Yeah, I may have thrown ice on him somewhere, made yeah, a bag yeah. of ice for him. I don't know. <laughs> but I wasn't on offense. The, the, yeah. like the head student trainer, you got to pick your team. And yeah. so he picked offense. And so Kara, do you remember Kara? Yeah. Yeah, Kara T. Fank and I, we took defense. So Jim so, Cranston then was played defense. Yes, yeah. yes. <laughs> exactly. So we would be the ones to run out and give him water, blah, blah. So yeah, you, you, yeah, you, that was awesome. That is great. I love it. That's that, that's certainly both of those things are teams. And and I then the song girls was a lot of work too. I remember Kathy was a song girl at Mission Viejo High School. So of course she, she was of course. so amazing. Yeah, and and so it's the great Kelly Gardner. Okay. Television <laughs> show you watch now that you would not have watched in high school. I've been thinking about this one too. Um I I, it's a little embarrassing to admit, but the Great British Bake Off or Baking Show or whatever it is, I have gotten interested in partially because I'm such a horrible cook, I think. So it's fun for me to watch them and to see their mistakes. But also it's fun because there's all that like chemistry of baking that I never, I don't think I realized, but there's like the temperature and how much acid and how much base and how much this and how much that you put in is all part of baking, which... I can't do, I couldn't do chemistry either, but so that's interesting, like from the science side of it. And then just all their cute little British accents are so fun. You know, uh, it's interesting. Kathy Buller says that all cooking and baking is, is being a good reader. So I'm sure you were a good reader. Mm -hmm. She says, it's just, you read, you follow directions and you cook. And she's a good, I mean, and Kathy's a good cook. She's a really good baker though. And he, um, that's amazing. I, yeah. I don't want to argue with Kathy cause I love her to death. <laughs> and I think she's probably always right. But for me, that did not work out because in organic chemistry in college, I read everything to the nth degree and did exactly what they said in lab. And my labs were messed up every single time. <laughs> so, okay, Gabby Buller is a liar. That's what we found out here. No, <laughs> confirmed. no, 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 it just doesn't I, work. I always say, man, you're a really good cook. Did your mom help you? And she said, it's just reading. And I said, no, well, then I'll never be a very good cook because I don't read very well. So yeah, there's something more to it. I, it's yeah. I don't know what it is, but I don't have it. Okay. And this then, is uh, good. Now, Kelly brought up some flaws in the Diana and Patty story. So we're oh, going to hear a funny story growing up from Kelly. Go. Okay. So first I was just going to say that I, it's hard for me to think of one funny story because all I remember is just fun. Like I just think whether it was Patty, Sharon, Diana, and I hanging out, or whether it was like some of us hanging out with the guys or me just with the guys, which was fairly common. I just remember laughing a ton. Like, I think we just had an amazingly fun time with minimal drama. Like, I just don't remember a lot of drama. So just anything like Tata, I was going to bring up Tata. That's one of my favorite memories as you guys coming over and at the house and playing Tata and just Anything we did together just seemed funny. And I think a lot, big part of that was you because you're so funny, but I just, yeah. So there's just a million different little memories that are hilarious. I do definitely need to correct Patty and Diana. So I hope they're listening to this because as soon as they said, we're going to bring up these two stories, donuts and ice, I knew exactly what they were talking about. And then they told the stories with some major flaws. So the donut story, Patty says this story that she was in her Bronco and drove into Bret Hart and did donuts on the lawn. And she said that Diana and Sharon were with her. 
which is hilarious because I'm about 99% sure I was the only one with her. I was absolutely in the car. Sharon was not there. And I don't think Diana was, I think it was just Patty. And I, I remember the whole thing like it was yesterday because I was scared to death. We were going to get in huge trouble. And the other thing is that Patty used to stay over my house. I don't know if this needs to be edited out because my mom would let us stay out later. My mom was so awesome. It was like, if she knew where we were, that was fine. We could stay out later than Patty's parents. So Patty and I, often Patty would sleep over my house. And so, she, I, yeah, and the bumper came off. I remember the entire thing. We were trying to put the bumper back on and her screaming, get back in the car, forget the bumper, get back in the car. The whole nine yards and the whole time I'm thinking we are dead meat. We're, yeah, we're going to be found and killed and I don't go to jail or something horrible, but it was me. It was totally me in the Bronco with Patty. I like, no question. So it was you um, in the Bronco with Al Cowling and Patty all together. Yeah, I think, yeah, just Patty and I. <laughs> and maybe Di was there. I don't think Di was there. And for sure, Sharon wasn't there. So yeah, just wanted to correct that one. And the other one, it just amazes me. The ice story <laughs> cracks me up because they're going on about this thing. I went to Burger King every day for lunch, which we did senior year, which I agree with Diana. I don't know how we didn't weigh 500 pounds, but I did get gastritis and was like, I wonder why. Could it be the cheeseburger, the Coke, or the onion rings that I get every single day for lunch in school? And Diana almost always drove in her big old Ford truck. And we, one day, it was the four of us, Patty, Sharon, and Diana would, and I would go. One day, Michelle Miracle came with us, and so it was the five of us across that front bench of the, gi the giant old port, and we're driving along, and Michelle is the one near the passenger window, and she is the one who took the ice and threw it through the lady's sunroof. <laughs> I mean, I can picture the whole thing, the lady's car, the whole thing. So Michelle does this, and the lady is so ticked, and she follows us all the way back to Leland, tells the principal, but the problem is Michelle had already gotten in trouble for something, not something major, but she'd gotten in trouble for something. And Diana was right. We all went and we hid in the bathroom while the lady was there talking to the principal. And Michelle told us, you guys, I'm already in trouble for whatever this thing was. I can't get in trouble again. So basically like we took the fall for, and I remember distinctly sitting in Mr. Mahaffey's office with Patty Ann to my left, her great uncle is the vice principal and he's like so disappointed in us that we would do this and blah 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 and the lady's got ice on her leather like take a chill lady no big deal but anyway she probably followed us for I don't know how many miles like it was we were not that far on what was it Almaden like mm -hmm. we were not that far from Burger King after making the turn and she followed us all the way back to Leland yeah. uh, but I love like they're telling the story going oh yeah was Kelly there no 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 Sharon was there I'm like you guys like, did I just like evaporate from all these stories? I was in both of these stories. <laughs> so anyway, just had to clarify. yeah, us getting in trouble. I don't know why that was their most fun memories. They're the yeah. most frightening. We're going to be arrested memories now. <laughs> so you, you, I always thought of Kelly is doing the right thing, but now we see that many times she did not do the right thing. I don't know. I was in the vehicle when the ice was thrown and then I took the fall for my friend. Is that doing the right thing or yeah, no? That really is. That really is. That's being truth. great. You, and, and I would say Kelly Garno, so Lawrence <laughs> is a great friend. There's no doubt about that. You're very sweet. You're very sweet. Yeah, no, I don't know. Yeah, no, I didn't always. I, I yeah, I, I was in the car when Patty did donuts and I didn't tell her not to. 
Yeah, no. Okay. Yeah, once Patty had it going, she was going to do donuts no matter what happened. <laughs> no doubt about that. Okay, here's a good one. What would you tell your 16-year-old self from what you've learned in your... Kelly was always a little younger than us. Are you 57 yet? No, I just turned 56 in June. Yeah, right. I, I thought that. So 56 years of living. Yeah. What would I tell myself? So I think, like, on the lighter side... On the non-life-changing side, I would say stay, keep dancing, like stay in dance, because I don't like any other form of exercise, I got to be honest. And then that just kind of went by the wayside. So now I've got nothing. Um, so I just think, like, I tell, always tell my kids, like, you've got to find some form of exercise that you can do and enjoy for the rest of your life, because it's just good for us. Right. Uh, but I didn't really take my own advice. So I don't know if I would have, if I had said it to my 16-year-old self, but yeah, if it wasn't dancing, find something else I love. Like, I just admire Patty so much for, like, that's amazing what she does. And Di is so active. And I think Sharon's super active skiing and all that because she lives in uh, Reno. So, yeah, I just, uh, I have not so much done that. So, I think I would advise myself to do that. That's the lighter side. The more serious side would be to say that life is not going to turn out the way you expect it to. And when it doesn't, trust God. That's, a good that's what I would, that's what I would tell myself. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I definitely had a certain vision of how life was going to turn out and lots of it has, and lots of it's more beautiful and amazing. And a lot of it has been a lot harder than I thought it was going to be. Right. So yeah. Cause just trust God. Cause like he's, he's working something out. He's got a plan. He's working something out. Yeah. But yeah, I didn't realize how many expectations I had of how life would go and how that's just not happened. Yeah. We, we, you do, you get plans and you, in your head and, I was just listening to this thing, Rick Warren today, and they were, he was talking about really when you put God in charge of your life, you really have to let it go. You can't, yeah. he, he was talking about, oh, I, God in the driver's seat, you can't be a backseat driver grabbing the wheel all the time. <laughs> so, 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 Dang that, it. I know. Isn't that fun? That's, it, it is fun about that. All right. Here's a yeah. question. It doesn't pertain so much to you, but I put it in there every week. It's yes. about my brother. He, uh, yes. some of my friends played, some of our group played for my brother. Some of them got cut by him. So the question is, Eddie Buller, for or against? Okay. So I've thought about this as well. And I'm realizing that I do have memories of your brother. And oh, kind yeah. of in that, like, oh, it's my little brother and his stupid friends. Like a look he would have on his face when we were around. Like, oh, my gosh, would you people get out of our house? So I do have that. And I do kind of remember him, like, being people's coach and being tough. And so, I mean, I think... I'm generally, I'm for him. I really am. I do remember the older brother kind of look, the annoyed look, but I think anybody who kicked you guys in the butt was probably a good person. So I, I think I'm for, I think I'm yeah. for Eddie Buller. Plus another I don't want to of your mom. Yeah. Another four. Yeah. Don't get on Norma's bad side. No, uh, I will Another four Eddie Buller. We'll just put that in the win column for Eddie Buller. How's he doing? He's doing good. Yeah. He's retired. Good. Everybody in my family is now retired except for me. So what? we have one more year. My my sister Nicole, who's younger what? younger than us, she retired, and her husband. What? They live up in in Coeur d'Alene, up in Idaho, oh, and they're doing great. Nicole. So, yeah. How is Nicole retired already? That's amazing. I know something's wrong. Something's wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Our last question is: Tell us a little bit about Dr. Kelly. Tell us about your your you you're a doctor. You're you're not a PE teacher like me. You're you got you're something substantial and we, we got to get behind that. So tell us a little bit about your practice. I know you and Paul have worked together. In a, give us a little bit of a history because people want to hear that. 
They do. Okay. I just want to start by saying there's nothing non-substantial about being, yeah, it's an amazing, hard, crazy thing. So awesome job. And I admire you and thank you. And so I, yeah, we came to Phoenix. We landed in Phoenix because of residency. And so I became a pediatrician and then did a chief resident year. And after that, I started working in the pediatric emergency department at the county hospital here in Phoenix and absolutely fell in love with pretty much every single part of that job. Just love the patients, love the families, love speaking Spanish, love my nurses and other doctors, bosses. I mean, I just, yeah, the whole nine yards. And worked at that job in different amounts. Like when the kids were little, I worked less and that kind of thing, but always worked for 25 years until March of last year when COVID hit. So early on, I was faculty, I was an employee, all that kind of stuff. And then as the kids came rapidly (laughs) in God's sense of humor sort of way, three kids really quickly, I resigned as faculty after the second one and became a moonlighter. And so I could do my own schedule a little bit because Paul was starting up his clinic, which I'll talk about in a second. And so we didn't want to have like a nanny for our kids or anything. So I worked my schedule around when he needed to be at the clinic and doing things for the clinic. So to be able to do that, I had to be a moonlighter and I dropped way back in my number of shifts. And then of course, as the kids got older, I increased, increased, increased. And, but being a moonlighter, you also don't have a lot of security, job security, (laughs) So they got fully staffed with enough faculty that they didn't need me as, as primary faculty. I mean, primary uh, coverage as of December, 2019, and then come around to March of 2020. And we all know what happened. But the amazing thing is in the pediatric world, COVID is such not a pediatric disease that our numbers fell off. When I should have been seeing like 20 kids a shift as the second person and the other person seeing at least that many as well, I was seeing four kids on a shift and the other person wasn't seeing any. I was just seeing all of them so I could try to make myself useful because I was afraid the ring was on the wall. So I think it's because people started washing their hands and wearing masks and not going to mass gatherings with sick people and their baby. And so even our numbers of like, RSV that makes babies really sick in the winter and influenza just, it just vanished. So there was no work. And so as the moonlighter, you're the first one cut. So that was really weird for me. First time ever in my life that I hadn't been a student and it was weird. I tried all sorts of things to do and it was clear. God said, no, I even tried to volunteer at the field hospital with Samaritan's Purse in New York. Didn't need pediatricians. So Yeah. So, so very, very strange. And so then in August, my God made it really super clear why I wasn't working, which was that I was to bring my mom into our home to care for her in her last months, which was the best thing I ever did. Mm -hmm. Um, And then now just starting in March or so, I started after her memorial and all that was over, I started like job searching again. And now I've got two very part-time jobs teaching at the University of Arizona College of Medicine in Phoenix. So teaching medical students. Yeah. So it's awesome. I miss patient care and speaking Spanish, but I love doing teaching. And so it's awesome. And then Paul's clinic is called the neighborhood Christian. I think if you want to see a website, it's the christianclinic.org and it's a nonprofit clinic that does healthcare for the poor, for the working poor. So basically people who make too much money to qualify for state Medicaid, which is called access here, but don't make enough to afford their own insurance. So it's kind of called the notch group. 
that are stuck in that little notch between those two places and have no insurance. So he's been doing that. It opened for patient care when our son was a few weeks old. So 22 years it's been open for patient care. Yeah. And going strong. So that's very, very cool. Yeah. Now, did, you ever, did you ever work at the clinic too? Or I didn't because it opened when Joe, our son, our oldest was six weeks old. I was home with the kids when Paul was down there. Right. And then just in these last several years where like the kids are older and all that, I probably could have, but they, in Arizona, it's easier to qualify for the state Medicaid access when you're a kid, the younger you are, the easier it is to qualify. Mm. So they don't have as many pediatric patients. Right. So yeah, so I, there hasn't been a huge need for a pediatrician. <laughs> that is awesome. I mean, I, that is such, especially just giving to kids too. I mean, that is that, I remember my kids, my kids, pediatric, they were just, they were just great to our kids. They just were always comfort, always saying, you always as a parent, right? Are you doing this right? Or they have this and just that comforting that, yeah, you are and do this. Yeah. And so. Yeah, that's how it should be with your pediatrician. It should be a really good relationship. And I didn't get to build those kind of things in the ER, but there definitely were a lot of families that came back, but I just love like advocating for my patients and teaching families even, yeah. And telling them like new parents, like you're doing a great job. It's okay that he hasn't pooped into six hours. You're, you're <laughs> fine. It's okay. Yeah, yeah. Those poor little scared new parents are awesome. <laughs> oh yeah. I and mean, we know it's new when we were new parents, right? You're, I mean, Kathy and I used to go into Bo's room and just try to listen to him breathing. Yeah. All right. When he was really just a, an infant, you're so, you're so nervous. So. I, oh my word. Yeah. I was, I mean, both Paul does, did a specialty called med peds, which is internal medicine and pediatrics. So basically you have two pediatricians in the house. And when our first child was born, like, like picking out on all, a lot of parent levels, like we knew the medical part, like we knew he, okay, he's breathing fast enough, not too fast, whatever that kind of stuff, but just the parenting stuff, like mind-blowing so yeah I feel for those new parents Kelly this was awesome this was so great and I appreciate you coming on and being part of Bath your t-shirt's going to be in the mail right right after this excited thanks for having me on Bath I just love knowing that there's a bath yeah and it's I, fun. I got a whole bunch of episodes to catch up on yeah you got a little bit of a I have to listen to the I'm going to watch the chosen and you get to listen to Bath so uh, we both right. have an assignment yes you're right that's good that's good to, yes, thank you for the reminder. And I then you got to tell let me. everybody know in the Bath universe that we have uh, Saving Innocence next Wednesday. So the Wednesday that after this, we're, this will come out on Thursday. The following Wednesday is Alan Smith's kickoff. We did a special bath with Alan um, about his book that he wrote and the men fight for me. It's a great book. It's a hard read though. I, I, I told Alan, it, it's, 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 there's a lot of things in there that are hard, but it's uh, things that everybody needs to go. So look at that, Saving Innocence. Go to SavingInnocence.com if you'd like to give money or pr your prayers, whatever yeah, you can for do. Sure. Yeah, It's an awesome organization. We support Alan. We I just love what he does. I do Isn't that just a perfect role for him? That's so great. perfect for him. It I is. didn't know he wrote a second book. He wrote a second so book, and it's just coming out, and it's called Men Fight For Me. So it's uh, heard somebody speak, one of the women, and she said, I'm just, I just can't fight for myself. And mm -hmm. so, you know, since men are most of the problem in this thing, that we got to figure out a solution. So again, that's wow. Bath for this week. Kelly, thank you so much. Thank you, Todd. It was awesome to see you and to be on Bath. I'm so honored and privileged. Oh, yeah, you will. <laughs> this was great. Okay, so remember, it's Thursday, and that means Bulldog and Friends. Thank you for listening. Please go check out Saving Innocence on their website. Follow their social media at Saving Innocence and make a donation. 
There's a link in the show notes. Have a great day.